The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Pompey Pubcast that combines the beers and the blues. Barros for Pompey, round Koshak goes down, penalty to Portsmouth and Old Trafford. Barros tripped by Thomas Koshak, who sent off Lantari do the job. He steps up, left-footed, scores yes. for Pompey. They lead at Old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Jamal on onside, the flag sneak down, Jamal nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Curtis across the face of goal. This is Three Lads in the Pub. Three Lads in the Pub on a Sunday. And no, is it Sunday? It's Tuesday, Christ. I don't know what day it is, but good evening. Welcome along to another episode. And we've got the gang back together. I've got Jeff Harris to my left and looking slimmer than ever. He, I, I'm going to say this every single week because he is looking good. Four stone down now, Mr. Ryan Stillwell. We'll start with you, Ryan. Good evening, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right. What's your secrets? Come on, tell us. Uh, don't be a lazy bastard. Don't have your daughter put you in the ground at 50. Fantastic. There, there, there are no state secrets. It's sort your fucking life out mate, so you play. can provide for your family. Fair That's play. That's it. That's double the week already. Jeff Harris, how you doing, mate? I'm good. Broken any nose this week? or No, no it's no, still clicking. No broken bones? And no. any fights with your missus or anything like that? No. No? Okay. Uh, did you do the space hopper training that you said you were going to do? No, I didn't. No. Okay, right. Okay. I didn't want any more injuries. Dinner of the week, see? Sorted, done. <laughs> yeah, see you later. Thanks right, for well, wrap up. We'll see you in three weeks' time when we're back. <laughs> yes, we have a bit of a gap now. Uh, is there an international break or something? I'm so out of the loop. There is. Okay. I'm so into that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's start with the pub then. We are, we are changing up this week. We're at the Rose in June. And as ever, uh, every time we're here, we've got our biggest fanboys. We've got Harry and Den in the corner. Hi, De- Hi boys. You good? Uh, also, I've, I can't slag my dad off tonight because he sat about five meet, uh, about about a metre away from me. So you, you can slag him off. You just have to be brave. I have to be brave, yes. And uh, we also have uh, <laughs> my younger brother alongside us. A little a little crowd here in the pub today, which is always good. Right, uh, start with beers, Jeff. What have you gone for? Uh, I've gone for an inches cider. Well, that's different. You haven't had that before, have you? Yeah. Have you have? Uh, Ryan, you've gone for an... I've gone for an inches, inches as well, cider. Actually, yeah. I'll, I'll be all day around the whole table, but I've gone for the old Madri and, uh, yeah, looking good. All right, let's get into it then. Uh, where are we? So, Ryan, we missed you on the last episode, but we were joined by some special guests. Went well, didn't it, Jeff? It did. It, it did good. go well. I had to do more talking. I know. And even oh, Actually, Brian, did you listen to the last episode? No, I don't I listen prob- to it when I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to do this podcast with me again, I probably wouldn't listen. Um, okay. Because I, I, I spoke a little bit too much, I think. I know. I insulted well, a nine-year-old kid. And then it was blatantly <laughs> obvious why he doesn't speak. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm going to have to listen now. It yeah. wasn't that bad. We were like, bloody hell, Liam, that, there's some seriously bad takes you've got. I'm going to have to you are listen, have to listen to the way home. Imagine I, listening I, to your own podcast. I called a nine-year-old boy a din. <laughs> we get the you called up. a nine-year-old a din. <laughs> I was a little bit more. Uh, but oh anyway. my god, Ryan, we have to listen to move this on in the gym. Um, <laughs> well, look at me, I go to the he gym. He didn't call him a din. He called him worse than that. Oh yeah. my word! Well, I didn't then know. He was, realized he was a nine-year-old boy. I didn't realize he was nine. He shouldn't have been on the pitch. Moving on. <laughs> uh, <let's, laughs> oh right, yeah. yeah let's get context. Into it. That's fair enough, though. Yeah, <laughs> apparently I, I should have just worded it better, but we, we live and learn. 
Um, we all make mistakes, don't we, Ryan? First episode. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> See, all I did, right, I did a family guy joke and I got blasted on Twitter for a week. He, like, sends death threats to a nine-year-old. And everyone, Isn't that funny? Some bullshit. <laughs> right, okay. Agenda this week. I thought it was a typo, but it's not. We're talking about posh first. Then uh, you never guess who we're talking about after that. Posh, we posh, Darby. <laughs> we're talking about posh. Yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, let's start with the first posh game in the cup. Uh, were any of you there? Yes. I was. Okay, I'll go you. Uh, I'll go you first, Jeff. What were your thoughts on it? <sighs> okay, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it was. It was an open end-to-end affair. There was, it was. Then it became dull. And and it was quite bizarre that a, a very youthful Peterborough team were able to, at times, outplay us, outwit us, outfight us, out be more physical than us, everything. Um, and you just knew, you knew that it was going to go to penalties, and you just knew that they they would nick the win. And and look, John Messino brought the more experienced players on to take those penalties, um, and. Penalties are the luck of the draw. You're either you're either good at them or you're not, and and it's quite bizarre because I was chatting to the guy in front of me, and, I, and just before Morel took his penalty, I said, I remember Paul Merson and Paul Walsh both saying that if you aim for the post and clip the post, the goalkeeper is never going to save the ball. I just didn't think Joe Morel would hit the post that fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> At least we know not, who not to put on penalties in the future. I, I, I was more confused by the, the, the take of the fans afterwards. You get the cliche of, look, okay, yeah, it's a nothing cup, it's this, that and the other. And then, I, well, I'm sorry, but if you actually get a, a good tie, you get picked for TV, that's where you make your money. I know the winning of the round is negligible it's like 5k at, the, at that stage but if you get a tv tv game you're you're now talking 250 300k that goes in the goes in the coffers for january so for any fan personally i think for any fan to say it's a nothing game is wrong um it was a good opportunity to to get the the i don't want to say fringe players but to get the the, the players out there who haven't played many minutes in the league get Zach Swanson up to speed to play right back in the, in the posh part two. Um, but we had enough opportunities in that game to, to safely put it to bed and we just didn't take it. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of predict the outcome of going to penalties, Ryan. Not really our sort of thing, is it? I mean, okay, actually take that back. We, we did it in the, uh, the pizza Coke cup, whatever it was. Was pizza it back Cola in the cup? You know, you know, <laughs> against Sunderland. Uh, I've had one too many sips of my mandarin, Jeff, leave me alone. Um, can't, when, can't when have predicted you the it on the radio then. No, it was yes. I, I was at the I was at the pizza cup. Yeah, yeah, and you covered it. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that was the last Christ. time we, we won on penalties, wasn't it? Was it then? I'm pretty yes. sure. No, not in, not in any cup because okay. I, we won the most irrelevant last season. We won the most irrelevant penalty shootout in history. So we oh, qualified yes. from the Earfield Trophy group stage with a draw against Wimbledon, and results elsewhere dictated that. Uh, we were going to finish top and Wimbledon were going to finish second. And obviously you get an extra point if you win the penalty shootout. No matter what happened in that shootout, we would have still finished top and Wimbledon would have still finished second. So then played out the most pointless penalty shootout of all time because both sides were going through. Pompey would be at home in the next round and Wimbledon would be away. And it was in the driving rain, absolutely gopping weather. And there's about 300 people going... I've no idea why we're here, but we're here <laughs> watching a, a penalty shootout that had no relevance. And we did win it, and Oliver Yamey made three saves. That was it. Sorry, that was who was that against? Wimbledon. Wimbledon, that was it, yeah. I do remember that. I'll take that back. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, what's your thoughts on the Peterborough game, Ryan? <sighs> our, <laughs> our performances yeah, 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 yeah. in cup game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe, I've just got that. <laughs> I've just got that. Sorry. I'm, I should really rake up. Our performances in cup games have weirdly degraded the more we've gone into August, which is why I don't buy the argument of, ah, oh, we, we've gone out because these are uh, rotation players and they're leggy. Okay, but we played an actual Forest Green side in the first round of the League Cup, away from home, in the rain, at Emmerdale, and wrapped up business. 
you're telling me the more minutes these players play in the month of August together and as part of the first team, the the poorer their performances get. Because again, we beat we went to Emmerdale one three one. You then play Fulham. We go down to 10 men. We don't beat them. We know, we win on penalties, but we draw the game. Then we, we come from a goal down against Peterborough, 10 men. But we, we don't win the game. We go to penalties. So I don't buy the argument that, oh, that, you know, it's it's okay because it's a nothing game. Yeah, who hates free prize money? That would suck. Yeah, who hates free ticket revenue? That would suck. Um, we don't have a good enough excuse to have left that cup with the team that was out. Because, again, these players have played. They've already played against Forest Green. They've already played against Fulham. This was... Every single one of those players, it was at least their third start in August alone. And for some of those players, they've either come on in league games or started in league games. So for, for much of that starting 11 against Peterborough, it was at least their fourth start of the month. That's not leggy. That That is, you've played football. You've won those football games. You've played them in a, already a, a quite a varied scenarios that other teams don't have the luxury of. Like, what do you think Fulham teenagers have played as much football as you know some of those guys that've already played four professional games of football in a month have it's not the worst thing in the world fair enough we're at the league cup it is what it is we've got bigger objectives but again we do not have a good enough excuse for that performance and for leaving the league cup in the fashion we did it's just it was just flat and petition to start having pompey play against 12 opposition players because we do not win games against 10 men that was the third game in a row where the opposition has had 10 men for at least a third of the game and we didn't win. What an utterly... We've always said that, haven't we? Utterly bizarre People go mental when they play against centre-off, but it doesn't actually go in your favour most of the time because no. you, you've got a, an extra player trying to mark someone that isn't there and, and it, people get out of position. And, and I, don't, I don't want to go too deep into Pompey's flaws at the moment because we are currently unbeaten. Uh, oh, we lost against Posh. We lost the penalty shootout. We didn't lose the game. We haven't actually lost an actual game of football yet so we're unbeaten so I'm, I don't want to get too deep into the flaws but one thing we cannot do is break teams down once they they go into structured defence if they retreat into their own third and they go 5-4-1 or 5-3-1 depending on how many men they've got in the field we can't break that down that is our one Achilles heel that we have uh, one of two Achilles heels the other one I'll get onto a, a bit later but we actually have a cure for that. I think the most disappointing thing, Jeff, was seeing who we were. Um, we could have got in the next round. I think we're all disappointed with that, aren't we? I mean, it doesn't work like that, though. Does I was, it? I was taking the piss, mate. You see, yeah. you see who they but, got. But it's like it doesn't. It, it didn't matter who people go. No, the numbers no, get no. allocated in in a. Wasn't totally it going order? to be Sutton? Like who? Because obviously it's done yeah. numerically. Yeah. So if you take Peterborough out, you shift every team that's alphabetically below Peterborough up one and then we take the place of the team that's around us and I think I can't remember I, someone said Sutton at home yeah. and again you think right winnable game more prize money more ticket revenue you get through to round four you're now you're definitely getting a big boy you, you, yeah and again oh, free free prize money and good ticket revenue that'd be fucking yeah. awful wouldn't it it, it it feels like a missed opportunity especially if <clears throat> especially if we're happy with what feels like a a good squad depth it, it just feels like a missed opportunity you, but it's not something that i lost sleep over once i got home i just got home knowing we we messed the bed and we didn't need to Jeff? whenever you're playing against 10 men the first fundamental or two fundamentals are playing against 10 men you've got to have pace and purpose on the ball and then you've got to get wide and you've got to stretch and you've got to stretch the the opposite team so quickly and move the ball so quickly that you're able to swap play and switch play from the left to the right back to the center and up and not i'm just going to pass it 10 yards backwards or i'm gonna i'm just gonna play a safe pass 10 yards to the left or to the right safe passes does not does not win you games safe passes keeps possession and like i said before we play possession-based football like we are one nil up and we're seeing the game out with 88 minutes 89 minutes to go we do not play possession based football to make the opposition make a mistake and then exploit and pounce on that mistake if we look at the second peterborough game the first 25 minutes were poor they were poor 
and I defy anyone to say they were those first open that opening salvo was not poor. Then all of a sudden, we started passing the ball around with purpose, with pace. We started getting wide. We started being more creative. We started taking more chances. We started, you know, we've got to let these players. We've got to let these players make mistakes. Otherwise, every time a pass goes wrong and they hear the whole of Fratton Park go, they're not going to play that. They're not going to play that ex expressive pass. They're not going to be brave on the ball. They are going to play that ball in 12 yards pass back back to the centre half who's going to knock it back to Norris because we're going, oh, every time they make a mistake. Now, if they make a mistake and then they go hunt the ball down and try and win that ball back, they get a round of applause. They get a stand innovation. They get the fans on their feet and all of a sudden it lifts the crowd. And, and I know we're, we, we've gone into the segue of the second game. But just before, just before we started getting into it, there was a smuttering of boos and groans around about 22, 23 minutes. And it kind of came from the North Stand fatten end. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at the North Stand lower season. But there was, my there right. was a smuttering of boos <laughs> and there was a smuttering of groans. And then, I, I can't remember who it was, someone just just sparked into life and then it was like it got the crowd going do you know what we're in this we're absolutely in this and we did we came back into the game by the way have you ever seen a, uh, a bloke with uh, with jet white hair uh, age, in the late 50s give, gobbing off to uh, any players in the low, north lower that is my dad uh, who, who joins <laughs> you, you just you described half the demographic <laughs> yeah. of the north stand lower there <laughs> <laughs> I do like sitting in. Do you know what? After all right, here we go. It's been the radio. When I came, when I did my first game back in the North Lower, after being away for a while, I sat there and I thought, bloody hell, it was it was nice and tame with that South Stand up, wasn't it, Ryan? Obviously, you would have seen that as well. Going back into the. I'm not having out with Ryan sat this year. <laughs> no, he was fine. He had to behave, didn't you? You had yeah, to. Uh, yeah, I was in a. I was on QA Cocoms at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine <laughs> and, uh, that. Was... And I forgot how to be. Anywhere you do, you neutral. have to be respectful, don't you? Like, yeah. It was a subtle clap when we go, oh, hooray, well no, done. No, because I forgot to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I was, like, I was at the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's nothing like that time in, uh, I think, Norwich, Nor oh, the Norwich, Norwich game. Yeah. Me, Jake and Alan Knight were all on, on the floor cuddling in the press box. That was and, fun. And the Norwich press box <laughs> took it well. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't accuse you of winning the World Cup final. Oh, they tweeted like all weeks. about us, didn't yeah. they? That was great fun. But, yeah, go, going back to where were we at? I can't remember where we're at now. The basically the second posh game. At that this was point. it. So we're into the second posh game, and, and specifically the reaction to going a goal down. Yeah, which is a lovely segue because I have a goal. It's not a point of order. I don't. I don't know what I'm going to call it. I'm just going to start talking, and you have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> don't shush the fat and end. That's. We'll get to that later, by the way. <laughs> More so, that's foreshadowing. Why would you do that? How many I, it times have we got to say that, it? that MK Don's player that did it in the in the three-one defeat on whatever night it was? I do not get the reaction to going a goal down. I I get being annoyed you're a goal down because that makes winning harder. I get that as a football fan, but I don't get why people got so doom and gloom at three twenty p.m. Saturday three p.m. games do not end at three twenty. They end at approximately five o'clock now. According to some, that never happened. Well, apparently it did. But regardless of what people may or may not have heard in the stands, you can see it on social media, and I'm talking X, as it's now known, Facebook, Instagram, web chats, forums, <laughs> going one goal down. A home game 20 minutes in I could not understand the reaction and here is why the season started on what August 4th 5th 4th I think it's 4th because that's what I've worked out in my hand thank you so I'm not an idiot well I am most times <laughs> but on this occasion I'm not you're our idiot the posh <laughs> <laughs> the posh cup game was on August 29th it also represented the fourth time in August we have come from one goal down. We went a goal down against Bristol Rovers. Didn't lose. We went a goal down against Forest Green. Won. We went a goal down against Fulham. Drew slash one. We went a goal down against Posh. Drew slash lost the shootout. In 25 days, we've gone a goal down four times. Now, again, 
That's our other Achilles heel. We need to start games better. Over the course of a season, we are going to go a goal down approximately 40 times. Not good, really, if, if you have aspirations. We have to start, sort out our start to games. You can't go down a goal that often in the first half. Good news is every single time we've come back. So in 25 days, four times we've come back from a goal down. That is averaging over once a week. Now, I know there's been a huge furore, particularly on X, about the relevance of certain statistics within games, uh, particularly as it uh, pertains to the stat known as XG expected goals. I'm not going to get into that. Jeff can't I, wait to talk about this. I know Jeff got into it and I know it, it got... I was being sarcastic. I, I know it got <laughs> like quite weird at one point between uh, it got off it got off topic really i'm not going to get into that i'm i'm only going i'm only talking about what happens on the scoreboard because ultimately the scoreboard is the the ultimate factor in all of this and i can see the pros and cons from the 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 debate i i watched it with a bag of popcorn i can see the pros and cons of both sides i'm only talking about the scoreboard here you you know when we go a goal down you know when we score that it's the stuff you celebrate and the stuff you it, it's that simple so why was there were so many people acting doom and gloom when we go one nil down on Saturday when we've already come back from a goal down four times in twenty five days, and the part the posh league game was twenty nine days after the start of the season. So in twenty nine days we've gone down five times and we've come back five times. Why was the reaction so overblown? Yes, we don't start games well. I'm not being some corny sunflower, the proverbial first blossom of spring, and saying we're absolutely <laughs> infallible and we're going to walk to the league. I understand we have flaws, but you also have to understand... Teams, Steve, Steve sat there going, what the fuck? Oh, I've been doing that for the last five years knowing the kids. <laughs> teams, teams, might go a, teams might not recover from going a goal down five times in a season. There, there will be teams out there. The moment they go to goal down, that's it. Game's over. They won't even get a point out of it. There, there'll be teams out there who don't do that five times in a season. We've done it five times now in 29 days. Clearly, this team is made of stronger stuff at the moment and has some kind of resilience and positive response to going a goal down. So, next time when we do go a goal down, can we just keep the head, please? We've clearly shown an adeptness in facing adversity of going a goal behind. Five times in 29 days, five times we've responded. We haven't actually lost any of the games. We've won three of them. We won a fourth one in a shootout. So please don't... Fine. If you're angry at then. full time, fine. But And again, I'm not asking you to do any deep dives into statistical nuances or, or look for stuff that isn't readily available. Look at the scoreboard. And look at the way the sequence of the scoreboard changes. We clearly have a capacity to come from behind. So if we do go a goal down again, <clears throat> keep the head. There are 70 minutes to go in that Peterborough game and people are acting <laughs> like it's over. It wasn't and it wasn't in any of the other four games. Fuck, I'm calling it a point of order. Like, believe in this team a bit. Do you know what, do you know what I was referring to then? Like, years ago, many, well, not that long ago, we'd go 1-0 down. That'd be, you know, that was it. We're not getting back into the game. But now... And we've done I, it five I, times exactly. already. Exactly. So, you know, so I, believe. Yeah. Believe it's not over. And we were winning by half-time. Yes, fortuitously with the second goal. Yeah. But Peterborough were ahead for 18 minutes. The scores were level for 23 minutes and Pompey were winning for about 55 minutes. So Peterborough winning out of the three possible outcomes of the game was actually the shortest amount of time occupied within the game. Keep the head. We, we can clearly turn it around as we have five times already. Good win then, anyway. You loved know, it, loved it. I knew we were winning though. Yeah. And I and I'm not I'm not doing that retroactively. I knew we were winning. I, yes, I did. Ryan well, looked at the scoreboard. If you didn't hear that, <laughs> if you if you look at what I mentioned earlier as our first Achilles heel, it's teams who sit in a structured defence. It's teams who sit back five four one when they're off the ball, retreating into their own final third. The other problem that is, if we pick up seventy percent possession we will actively force the team backwards because we control so much of the ball. Our possession provokes defences to drop deeper. In other words, we actually kind of create our own problems by keeping the ball so long, teams actually retreat into a shell which we and, can't then break and down. And that goes back to my point that we need to be quicker in the turnover the ball and passing the ball. We do. And also where we turn the ball over. Because you can press, you can press in the opposition's final third. You can 
force a turnover 30 yards from their goal, but it doesn't mean you win the ball 30 yards from their goal. If they, if you force the turnover 30 yards from their goal, but they send it 60 yards downfield, you don't receive the ball 30 yards from their goal. You receive it 30 yards from your goal. And because you force the turnover so high, they're already in a structured defense as you move the ball back up the pitch. So they have got, what, f five to 10 seconds already back there just to reshape, waiting for the next wave upon the wall. This is why after the, the first posh game, I was like, we are going to be the good posh on Saturday because it was the first time a team was going to play Pompey this season and actually have a go. They were going to send their men forward. In the first 20 minutes, every time Peterborough won the ball on the halfway line because Paul was a little bit shaky and turning the ball over initially, so was Swanson, they would send five men forward straight away. You'd have Poku, Mason Clark, Jay Jones, Collins. They would all charge forward and they'd leave these juicy big gaps behind them and... I'd say about five minutes after we conceded the opener, that's when we started to find the gaps in behind. That's when we started moving the ball quicker. You had that beautiful Swanson cross and a bishop headed it just wide of the post. Should have been a penalty, which is why he celebrated at the referee when he equalised because he was having his shirt pulled for 40 minutes. Yeah, could have had two penalties, yeah. But that's why the when I look, you know, when I watched the Cheltenham game, when I watched the Stevenage game, admittedly on Monday, because I was jiggling my ass at victorious, and then when I watched the posh game, I was like, oh, good, a team's actually going to have a go at this time. I believe in the strengths of our team, which is basically defence. We're going to lure the opposition out. We're going to win the ball instead of 20 yards from our goal. We, we might be able to win it 20, 30 yards further up on the halfway line, which we did in the second half particularly. And we got into the gaps every single time. And the pressure eventually told. And I, I, I was almost laughed out of the building for saying we were going to beat Posh by a couple of people. But again, we, we were playing the same type of team all the way through August. Yeah. The moment you play a team that wants to win, well, they so opens their own set of flaws defensively. And we exploited them brilliantly. We earned, over 90 minutes, we earned that win. We isn't fully it, earned it. Isn't it refreshing? I mean, I've, I've been honest, I've only watched snippets of the game. Is it refreshing to see balls into the box and look what happens? It is. But uh, good balls as well, you've, actually. You've, if, if you look at the stats and, and everything else and you look at the, the the crosses into the box, I think we're second in the stat table of crosses into the box and penalty of uh, crosses into the box. Um, but you've it, it's almost as though you've got to do that war, war of attrition type thing put enough balls into the box, eventually you're going to score one. Um, and it, and you could have a player totally out of form will hit the target. You can have a player totally in form will hit the target and not score. Um, and it's it's just about the right conditions, the right time, the right movement, everything else. That, you know, you, you look at Bishop's goal, <coughs> 20 minutes before having his shirt pulled, it's gone wide. 20 minutes later, he's having his shirt pulled and he puts it in the back of the net. And it's those fine margins. And and it's, for me, I just want to see more from the likes of White or Kamara or Scully on the wing. They're in those advanced positions. Get the ball into the box. And that's, that's the, that's where we kind of, and, and I've read a really good article. If you go on, um, uh, www.newsnow.co.uk search sport Portsmouth and all that lot there was a really good um, article and he, and he's and he's done a really good in-depth an, uh, uh, analysis on actual positions where we had really good positional play and where the ball was transitioning across and it's about the right, wrong decisions at the wrong time and it's got like Kamara against Stevenage. He had the whole of that right-hand post open. And yet he's put it across the goal where there's three defenders stood in the way, two Pompey players. And he's never going to get it into the far corner, plus the goalkeeper. And he's broken it down really, really well. And I'll, I'll share it on our, our social feed later. But it's it's really good at how, how you've got an overload on the left-hand side or three or four players. But actually, when you look at the bigger picture... There's there's one player in the middle and the other three players on the right hand side waiting for that quick quick transitional play, and get that ball across the box or or move it across the floor over to the other side, and we and we just haven't been doing that in the game. It's there, 
and you, and you just you can see it. And, and I, I said on the radio the other day. Was was on the radio. Yeah, when I was on Solon. <laughs> I said, we're going to click. We're, we're absolutely going to click in the next two to three weeks. And when we do, we're going to pay someone big time. Because it, it will all just fall into place. And then the players will go, do you know what? That, and we saw that. We saw that in the second half against Peterborough. You know. But I, I, I think we did click, but we've not fully clicked. That's Sorry, we've got a heckler in the back of the pub there. That's, that's the we have not... I don't, I don't, we, are, we have... This team has got bags and bags of potential. We know this team's got bags of potential. All I'm saying is I would like to see more from the likes of White and I'd like to see more from the likes of Scully. I, I don't think Kamara. anyone here can argue that either. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying they're bad players. I'm just saying I would expect more and like to see more. I would almost expect these games, I know we're still waiting on the extent of Scully's injury, but against teams who are slightly more ambitious in the way they play football, that may actually be indirectly the solution to Scully and White, having more space to operate in, having more time to move with the ball at speed rather than collecting the ball with your full back on your right shoulder, your left mid, uh, your left midfielder or your right midfielder, depending on which flank you're on, on your left shoulder, and they're stood there going, well, you've got... 0.2 yards of space and you've got one man here one man there once you start playing these more open-ended games such as Peterborough was on Saturday that's when you might be able to get White or Scully or any of these other players that have had a slow start to get going if you're sat in a nice car test driving a nice car but you happen to be sat on the motorway in traffic you're not, you're not able to test it properly you're not, you're not able to open up and see right let's see what it can do you just sat there listening to the radio Doing one, the, the one, yeah, doing one mile an hour. Sometimes you need <laughs> a bit more green to run into to get these players going again. Here's a, here's what a, we have to do after that is figure out how we're actually going to break down these teams that are content to defend. Because by the way, we've not played the last of them. We've not even played the half of them yet. How do we, we do know? Pick, what do we know about getting the best out. out of players when there's competition? It's a good segue, that wasn't it? <laughs> when there's competition uh, for players in certain positions now. Something we've seen this week is the potential... I mean, Messino basically saying the door is kind of still open for Ronan Curtis, who is training... Well, he's, he's obviously doing his rehab down at the training ground. Do you think that's... An, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I I didn't... When when obviously his contract ran out, I thought, OK, it's, it's a shame it's ended this way, but we move on. But I kind of I kind of feel like we need him. Jeff, yeah, now, yeah. now more than more weeks are going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hang yeah. on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's. Yeah. Um, did, did a little bit of vomit come up in your mouth then? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I'm just, I, I just had a bit of a. We talked about this on the last episode, and in a heartbeat, there is a place for Ronan Curtis in this in this team and in this formation and in the squad. Whether that's a long term contract. I don't know. Would I like to see Curtis be given a contract from, say, October, November, all the way through to the summer, and then see where we are? See where we are as a team? See where he is as a... I don't think he'd take a, a, an option up like um, Thompson did. I don't think he'll do that. Paper player. Paper player. No, but, but, you know, if, if it suits Ronan, and Ronan gets back fit, and Ronan, a, a fully fit, fully firing Ronan Curtis takes a deal to the summer one the team will benefit from that the club will benefit from that but two Ronan Curtis will benefit from that because for me it puts him in the shop window and then he's in the driving seat for then either a better deal at Portsmouth or gets a move to another club for me it's a no-brainer you can sign him outside the transfer window a fully fit Ronan Curtis is better we know than on his day he can be a exactly but I mean, like I say, he is, I'll be honest, he, I find him frustrating to watch because you kind of predict what's going to happen. But he's going to be hes going to be raring to get back. Oh, we've got another heckler. He's got the microphone. Oh, God, here comes Harry. There you go, Harry. I'm joking. You can speak, mate. Go for it. You ready? There you go. Sure thing. <laughs> it all depends on what Ronan Curtis you get, doesn't it? If you get the Ronan Curtis of the first couple of years he was here, especially when we were playing in the Checker Trade Trophy, when we got that far, you're looking at a, one of the best wingers in the league and you would sign him. If you're looking at the Ronan Curtis we had under Danny Cowley, yes, I know he was played out of position on multiple times, but then you're less inclined to sign him because the impact he has 
is not as great. I don't. I'm not sure. I think once a player's gone, I think let him be, let him go, progress his career somewhere else. I think we've got enough wingers with the talent because it's, it's the same kind of thing with Scully is he was out a lot last year and he's just coming back and it's just taking him a lot longer to come back than maybe someone else but, but because he's been injured he's coming back and it's taken him a while to get going but then you're going to restart that cycle again but like three months into the season with Curtis and then you're going to have the same problems with Curtis as you have with Scully now yeah be interesting what Ryan thinks on this I know you're sitting there playing with your beard thinking I was surprised <laughs> that people were surprised so we've got we've got an experienced League One international out of contract rehabilitating in Portsmouth living in Portsmouth getting back to fitness in Portsmouth attending Portsmouth games he was even at he was even at the Wimbledon friendly not even in competitive game and he's still there we've still got the mother of said international tweeting good luck Pompey on match days Clearly, this is something that Pompey have been looking at for a while, and clearly, this is something they've got in their back pocket. So, oh, the League One International is here in our facility, rehabilitating. There's not been a there's not been a sniff of interest elsewhere. Uh, I I said this a while ago that we we've been exploring this ever since we let him go, and we're going to be the uh, the first refusal, if you will, as to whether or not we take him up. So I I'm not sure why the the conversation sort of spark back to life this week when I perceived it's happening all along because why why wouldn't it if he's here and rehabilitating in our facilities and there's still an active link between player and club to the extent of do we sign him not without moving someone else on because we are looking stat if everyone's fully fit and they're not out for half a year we're looking stacked in the if if you're playing 4231 that three area is looking stacked with a lot of players to the point where some of them aren't, aren't even going to be making the match day 18. So what was the point in signing them if they're not even going to make the 18? Because Paddy Lane wasn't signed to not play football for Pompey. He wasn't signed to go on loan. Neither was Kamara because he is a loanee. Gavin White wasn't. Scully wasn't. Tom Lowry wasn't. He might be the one that moves on and then we we reinvent someone else in the middle Robertson wasn't he's lonely all of these players were signed to play now we're, we haven't got any development players in that position outside of Kobe Motto but we're not going to shift Kobe Motto on for Curtis or vice versa because Motto's what 16 17 so we can we can ignore him from that part the seniors are all there to play. They're not there to not make the 18. So if you are going to sign Curtis again, you're going to have to move someone on. Because if you look at the left currently, we've had Jack Sparks playing there. We've had Kamara playing there. We've had Scully playing there. Sooner or later, one of them's not even going to make the 18. And what was the point of that? A human, yeah. I mean, that was the opportunity to move a player on, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Denver, so I, I'm, Denver... not, I'm not saying no to Curtis because I, I've... I've banged the drum somewhat that Curtis is still a fighter you've never seen Curtis you've seen Curtis get a bit huffy but you've never seen him not want the ball and not want to to influence like there, there's there's a difference there's a difference between wanting to play and playing well Curtis has always wanted to play when he's on the pitch there's always an active interest it, he may have not always always executed but there's always been an active desire to influence on the pitch that's one thing I don't think you can say about Curtis is he's, he doesn't look interested so there, there is that it's all about what happens after this because this is a this is a career threatening injury that any player suffers not just Curtis that any player suffers so it's all about what has he got afterwards down the road and is it worth shifting an existing player out to sign him again. Let's throw a prediction. Curtis comes back. Denver Hume rips his contract up. Player free. Sorted. Calling it now. Surely we, if Denver Hume was going to leave, he'd, the club would have done it by now. I think they try shifting him, didn't they, on yeah, deadline you know, day? The club would have mutually consented. Or yeah, I mean, we don't know. It's just guessing, isn't it? Just guessing. It so we'll see. around and get paid. But does the players want to do that when they're in? I mean, how old is he? 
25. Does he want to do that now? I, I think I, th- I think to credit Curtis, he probably wants to play football. Uh, I think Curtis is not one of those to be content to sit on the bench. I think Curtis wants to play football. Well, I mean, look at his, his, his statement he released. It's obviously. I think he was asking how, how old Denver Hume was. Yeah, no, we've got we've discovered he's 20, 25, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I wouldn't. If I, I mean, would a player that age want to be sat on the sat there picking up a wage? You want to be playing? You're in the peak of your career, surely, aren't you? That age. Yeah, and Denver Hume's had what three years now of this because his injury trouble started out Sunderland, which is why he he flamed out of the first team because of the injuries there. So he obviously wants to reignite his career at some point. Exactly. So I can't imagine he's happy not being yeah. in, in. And this a, is in what the this is what I'm on about. Like we're, we're going to have to shift someone out who they're not. They're not. We didn't sign them to be outside the 18. Like we we've already got Riley Towler outside of Match Day 18, and. Ben Stevenson, who is likely to partner Pack against Derby, him or Devlin, well, how many weeks did both of them not make the 18 in a league game? We we only just managed to get Devlin in on the bench for the Peterborough game. Stevenson still missed the mark. So we have we have players at the moment. We've signed to be rotation players and, and squad filler players to come in and play actual league games. We aren't even making the 18. If we're going to sign Curtis, we have to do so with the conviction that... He's going to be in the 18. Otherwise, what's the point? And we're going to have to have the difficult conversation with someone else saying, you can watch an I follow. I actually... I if actually you can get think, it to work. <laughs> I actually think the next five to six weeks are crucial for Scully. One, injury-wise. Two, he's formed when he comes back into this team. I think that will make the decision for the club a lot easier or a lot harder depending on what happens with Scully in the next five to six weeks. Yeah, sorry. I was just I'm just training my yeah, yeah, uh, younger yeah. brother to be a producer here, and I was just warning him how, how Jeff can go really, really quiet. Then all of a sudden, he's shouting in your ear. <laughs> I mean, you do that. The problem with still. Curtis is <laughs> <the> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Go on, Harry. That, that's so, it, mate. One. Would you compare him to Richarlison in Who? the Prem, Curtis? As in. No, Curtis isn't useless. Have you, what, what have you been drinking? <laughs> Same as you. As in, kind of, they're quite both a arro- similar style of kind of arrogance, like uh, uh, quite angry on the pitch, like very similar personalities on pitch-wise. You know what you've just done, Harry? You've just, uh, you, you, someone's going to clip this now and you're going to get absolutely rinsed on Twitter for this. You know that? <laughs> for, comparing for comparing Curtis, Curtis to Curtis Curtis. Curtis. What Harry would, would, by the way, everyone on Twitter. What I would say is, <laughs> if he doesn't sign, which I wouldn't, is maybe he goes to either a lower League One or a top League Two team and gets that contract till the summer because then he can prove he's back to full fitness and then he can get a better move again to a better League One side or championship next year once he's proved he's back to full fitness and he can produce what he could do before. And any, any free transfer you're bringing in now... I mean, you, you look at um, Paul Downing and had a club for 16 months now at Hereford. I don't know why. And any, any player you bring in now will all be short of match fitness and match sharpness. I, I personally don't see any any difference to bring, bringing in a out-of-contract, fully fit winger to Ronan Curtis is already in the building. I, th- I think the risks are the same. I think the output is the same. And like I said, I personally believe the next five to six weeks with with Scully is 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 the crucial point. Yeah. I think we need to move on from the Curtis subject because we've been talking about it for about 20 minutes now. Uh, anything else you want to add, Ryan? Uh, we'll segue into Derby. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that's a segue, but that's Derby. <laughs> we'll segue into Derby because... Ronan Curtis won't be playing at Derby <laughs> and that's how I'm going to segue into Derby can we have a very brief chat about Joe Morrell uh, yeah that is his fourth red card in 2023 and he was never sent off before he played for Pompey either was he and he was never sent so it's his fourth red card for Pompey I know the Oxford one was stupid and to be honest this, I, I think it was harsh the second Tuesday. yellow against Posh um, is, Saturday, is sorry. Like, he also he obviously gets into a compromised position yeah. where he's then he's then turned around chasing him, but uh, he pulls out. Like he he, d- he he pulls out. He doesn't. 
He does not pull out. He Hold on. I, I tell you now, he does not pull out. He sticks his right foot out. He sticks his right foot out and clips the right ankle of the player. That is a cynical foul. No legitimate attempt for the ball. Laws of the game is a yellow card. It's a cynical foul. I mean, we've got we've got laws people of the that, game. We've got the people that are, game are there. The, the experts of the North Stand Lower. He does not pull out. Of, um, no. Yeah, that, I th- no, yeah, there, I think... I th- yeah, I watch think the, the replay back of, of him being in what, a compromised no, position. Watch the replay back from the from the south stand view. He is he is fight, chasing. Fight, fight, he fight. is he is chasing. <laughs> he is chasing the player, and he, he he goes to go in, and then he puts his right foot down and plants it next to the foot I of said the, it'd be of hostile the midfielder. Tonight, didn't I? I knew it. I watch it, it watch the view from the south stand, and he on purpose he clips his ankle. Well, I mean, they're watching VAR now. Are currently in um, yeah in VAR, which is Harry and Den in the corner of the rose in <laughs> Harry June. And the, Den. This is Harry <laughs> and Den. We're just watching <laughs> it back in the June. Pompey's very own Waldorf and Statler. Go I on. mean, we, it's, a, it's a legit attempt for the ball. But it's not a legit it's attempt it's for the ball. No, it's, 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 it's not. Just way too late. He's nowhere near the ball. He does go for the ball. It's just way too late. <laughs> the, the, the ball the, of his foot. The problem I have with this <laughs> foul is I'm a firm believer that not. All contact dictates foul. There can be contact on a player that does not hinder a player. And the proof in this is that when Curtis plants the right foot, how is the posh player able to lift both feet Curtis. off the ground? At, uh, Morel, <laughs> how say, is he sorry, able mate. to lift both feet off the ground and dive forward? If the contact is enough to send the posh player down, the laws of physics would dictate that your body would could contort accordingly around the contact you have just received. Therefore, he would spin left shoulder going forward, right shoulder going back over Morel's outstretched leg. The fact that the, the, the contact in brackets comes in and he's able to lift both feet off the floor and swan dive to the deck dictates that the contact is not enough for a foul because under his own steam... He has not been hindered enough by the contact because under his own steam, he has then taken an action to dive forward and by the foul. He's he's dived under his own steam. If the contact was enough to send him down, he would have spun left shoulder forward because of where the contact... It's physics. It's literal physics. Everyone's getting involved tonight. Den, two seconds. (laughs) Den, Den, two two seconds, Jeff. Den, 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 Jeff. Uh, David's just one... David to my Death right once. There you go. <laughs> David to my right. He's got control of your microphones. He'll turn them off if you, if you carry on, boys. Uh, yeah, Dave. I think the thing with Moreau is calling him a liability is just ridiculous because he fights for this badge every week. He's the best midfielder in the, in the squad. He's a Welsh international. Yes, he's he gets sent off now and then, but he just dictates every midfield he comes up against. He He has a few bad games, but... Compared to Marlon Pack, who Marlon Pack, he can do some exceptional things, but sometimes you'll watch him and he'll just slow down the whole game, and then you're having to get Morel to speed up the whole pace of the game again. And then if you play someone like Robertson, it's going to drive forward at the ball and lose it. I think I think of this makes more sense than me. Just I think of I Morel's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think of Morel's four red cards in 2023. That is the one I genuinely feel empathetic for. And he now misses Derby, which is going to be a tough game. We're going to have to bring in Devlin or Stevenson. It's, it's the one red card for Morel this year that I do actually think, you know, Jesus, really? Um, I mean, nothing would top the one at the end of the season. Oh, the MK Dons one, yeah. Um, ends, yeah. I mean, there, I, I do think there still needs to be... I know, I know Messino defended him in public by saying he doesn't have any problems with Morel and I, I appreciate the defence of your player in public but I do think behind closed doors there may be in a different conversation because Morel got sent off in the Fleetwood game when we're a goal up so he misses the rest of that game and another he gets a straight red and a playoff charge against MK Dons he misses 60 minutes of that game and three more in fact was it three more or four more because it was his second red I don't fucking know the rules four more um and then obviously he he gets sent off against Posh, which changes the game plan for that. Fortunately, we get through it, and now he misses Derby. So I'm, I still personally believe it's an unfortunate red card, and I'm not going to hold it against Morel, but it is still his fourth red of 23. I imagine a conversation has happened behind closed doors because while we want Morel to be effective in games, 
was it him or Lowry that said the best avail uh, the best ability is availability in preseason? It was one of those two. Now neither of them are playing away at Derby, one yeah. of the games of the season. You can't say the best ability is availability. It might, it might if have been neither Mar- of you are didn't, playing. Didn't Joe say something in his interview with Fournier all over it? <laughs> it yeah, was so the, the irony of saying the best ability is availability when you've been sent off four oh, times dear. in nine months and three of those months we weren't playing football. Let's so bring- he's been sent off four times in like six months again. I am gonna I'm gonna give Morel a pass for that red card, but let's just please Morel. I want I, the thing is I'm saying this because I want Morel to play football. I'm not happy suspended. I want Morel in that team, which is why I'm saying all of this. Morel, please just be a little bit more careful because I want to see you playing more football because I think you can do stuff. Hmm. Then, yeah. So I saw the red card on Saturday. I, I saw that as a bit of a petulant tackle from Morel, a little petulant little dig there that he had no need to do there were plenty of players covering um, I was also there at the MK Don's game and watched him jab the bloke when he was on the deck that got him sent off in that game I think Morel prob- I agree I think he probably is our best midfielder but he's also a liability he can't keep putting himself out of the odd game here or there or four games at a time or for big chunks of the season if he wants to be the kingpin of the team which he can be he needs to sort that out yeah if it was four he missed after Derby I'll have to double check this later on if it was four he missed after Derby that makes the Derby will be the sixth Pompey game he's missed through suspension in 2023 alone. Never mind the three he's actually been sent off in. So that would make nine games in 2023 that he's neither completed nor played through suspension alone. It is it is a problem for him that needs solving because, again, we want him to play. Yeah. But if you're missing nine games, that's a hell of a chunk to miss. Um, Obviously, Derby going to be, a, good, gonna be a, a tough fixture. But what's your... Pre-match prediction quickly before we... Uh, I'll ask you ask you first, Jeff. What are you thinking? 1-0 Pompey. Yeah. Ryan? They're not infallible. They've already lost two at home. Yeah. Uh, people people may bemoan our, our drawing five out of eight games in August. Go chat to Derby at their home form. I know they've played good teams. They've already played Wigan and Blackpool and Bolton and... Blah, blah, blah. They've still lost two home games. More than we have. So they're not infallible. We can go there. We can go there knowing what we've done against teams who actually come and play football... Why not? We are going to get a point at Derby 1-1. I'm going to do something because I haven't got the headphones on for the first time. My little brother has. It's a booking. There you go, Dave. Wow. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm going to I'm going to put it out there. What are you, what are you going for, Harry? Go 2-1 Pompey. 2-1 we'll Pompey. Go, what, goal down like we did. Oh, yeah, Posh. obviously. <laughs> it's a banker, isn't it? Right. I've um, just double-checked it was four games he missed after yeah. uh, the MK Don's record. Um, we, so, need yeah. to, we need to wrap up tonight. Obviously, we haven't got that much to We've pretty much covered everything, but let's, let's get our um, our features out of the way. Uh, starting in tradition, uh, with traditionally, traditionally, we're on pissed with Jeff's third eye. Um, I want to start with a belated third eye from the Orient game. And if you go back to uh, Yengi's penalty, the I'm right in saying the f- home fans were behind that goal, weren't they? Correct, because we were in the side. Go back and watch the Orient fan that comes out the double doors underneath the stand. So Yengi scores the penalty. The Pompey fans erupt in marvellous applause. A late in Orient van comes running out the double doors and starts celebrating. And then he realises Yangi scored a penalty. And he turns, <laughs> he turns around and goes, fuck off, and goes back through the double doors. <laughs> Watch the highlights. Watch that highlight penalty. And I was like, at first I thought, is he a Pompey fan in the Orient, <laughs> Orient end? Or is he a... And then, then as I saw him turn around in disgust and walk back to the bar, I was like, no, he's definitely an Orient fan. What makes this revelation weirder... <laughs> Is that the Cassini Yangi penalty was in the 90th minute yeah. to make it 4 yeah. 0? So, why is yeah, an yeah, Orient yeah. fan? Would you be like, yeah, we're back in it? Like, come on. <laughs> Up the goal difference. Um, yeah, yeah. It. So, that, that was that one. Interesting one, Matt. Yeah, I'll have to look out for that. 
during the on I follow during the Fulham penalty shootout. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the goals back, but um, the the I follow camera was blurred, so the ball's in super Hello? sharp focus, but the rest, <laughs> the the goalkeepers and the penalty takers were both blurred. So you know, I thought I was getting cataracts at one point, but um, yeah, there's that one. A bit of iridosicitis. Stevenage commentary on I follow. Um, now we 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 get that I follow commentators are usually biased. However, they were so biased and not objective and calling fouls that weren't fouls. It was just absolutely bizarre. Yeah, I did hear this, that they were another atrocious commentary um, team. Peterborough part one, Ronan Curtis was absolutely, you know, loving it in the, in the, in the crowd that night. Uh, and Peterborough part two. So there was a corner on, I think it was 22 minutes, 23 minutes that wasn't even in the corner. It was nowhere near. Uh, the ball went out and the, the linesman said it was a throw-in. It wasn't a throw-in because I sit directly in line with the touchline on the south stand from the fat end. And I look right up the line. The ball never even went out and the, and the linesman's kind of guessed at that one. But the best third eye was Jay Sadler. Couldn't scan his ticket at the turnstile to get in the fat end on, on oh, Saturday really? to get into the ground. So that, that, that made me chuckle. That, they, they were the third eyes. Oh, there you go. I know Jay got in in the end because I saw him after the game coming he did. out of the stadium. He did, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know, I know he wasn't pawing at the gate for 90 minutes, which is nice. Uh, I don't really have any third eye, so we'll move on to dub and dinner of the week. Can I tell a late third eye just given to me by oh, David there? That's another one of his um, features, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got my third eye. I've got my feature. Hey, hey. Um, David just mentioned about Paddy Lane face plant on the, face, the post. I don't know if you saw that. That looked painful, did, oh, yeah. by the way. Sorry, I've got one more. Oh, Go on. God. It wouldn't be a third eye unless I said there's one more. Um, <laughs> when we were singing We're Coming For You uh, I mean Christy and Sadie was a substitute and warming up and uh, he was absolutely laughing his head off in the, in the corner of the fat and end south stand that we were singing We're Coming For You to the, to the scummers and he was absolutely loving it if there's one guy that's got Portsmouth Football Club in the city it's Christian Sadie Dub and Din what do you want yeah you go first Din of the Week Ricky Jade Jones how many times does a player give it the colossal biggin in front of the fratten end in the first half only to not end up on the winning side? <laughs> Ricky J. Jones is the latest din to have had that particular fuck up. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, don't. No, no, let them do it. It's funny. Wait, actually, yeah, let them do it because I know we'll win then. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let let's, let the opposition score five minutes at every game. They it was can the give fingers in the ears, isn't it, did? Don't oh, do Wally. it. Just, yeah, it doesn't work. does not work. Dub. Dub of the week. Um, I mean, it might go to us for actually... There are 168 hours in a week and we've actually found one. We can actually get together. To well, actually, I need to go. Podcast. Can we go? Are we up? I need to go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dub of the week. Um, <clears throat> Sean Raggett could get dub of the week for scoring goal of the season. Oh, wow. What yeah. the fuck was that? <laughs> He's absolute... He should... <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? Every, t- <laughs> yeah. every time now he gets the ball when he plays, all you're going to hear is shoot. It's just an extraordinary effort. I, 2,000 of us there in this milk toast. Actually, the milk toast, I don't it was actually quite an action-packed first half against Fulham. But no one sees that coming from... Um, sort of 30 just over 30 yards away one thing i do enjoy actually is when someone scores from about 30 yards away people's perception of distance goes entirely out the window i got i got i got home that night so he scored from 45 yards did he fuck matt taylor at sunderland was 45 yards like jesus yeah right uh yeah i think people lose perception of distance once they once they lose the nice white lines to um to guide them this is why he, people he should watch American football he hit it that football. hard he folded the continuum of space and time indeed Einstein had to revisit some shit after that one but what a goal and in the absence of preparing for dub because I'm a din Rag can have it for what is actually a genuine goal of the season contender yeah fair play Can't and he, ne- he nearly scored a perfect hat trick that night because he yeah. scored left foot for the equaliser and the one thing he screwed up was the head which of is all the things thing you'd, which you'd the put thing your you house on him scoring ahead, oh, you? Oh, rag it. But um, what a hit. He can, he can have it. There you go. Dub and Din, Jeff's third eye. I haven't actually got a name for my feature, I, but I'm just picking a song every week that kind of reflects the week on, you know, it could be 
and it could be a bad week, could be a good week. And this week, I'm actually going to go with kind of going off the back of what you were saying earlier about give them a bit, of, you know, don't lose your heads if we go one nil down. So we're going to end on a bit of George Michael and Faith. I think that's a fitting tune, isn't it? I regret bringing it up now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you go. That's what I've gone for. There's no, I mean, I, I, I could have gone for the obvious with the old Peterborough player. You know, sticking his fingers in his and his, but I, I'll save that for another week because I'm sure there'll be more. Now that I remember what your feature was, is yeah. I would have gone with "It's Not Over Yet" by the Claxons. Yeah, I mean, okay, we can use that. It's, yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 right, I'll just do better your future there. No, that's fine. I'm going with George Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the bloody DJ here, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 You're right. or, or Chemical Brothers, where's your head? Right. At? Do I stick? <laughs> your, do, ah, I, do, yeah. do I stick you know, my nose in your features? Fuck know, off. Yes, you do actually. Every week, so well, I've got a late contender for dubbing dinner the week. Oh, that was the first and last week I'm doing my feature. It's been three seasons that. Yeah, you know, you've ever I got a pressed feature. the we've, buttons. We've, we've made How many times? Features. Yeah, you can't even be asked to do your job anymore. You have got a little brother doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, someone said to me recently, it was actually my accountant. Work smarter, not harder. So, hey, welcome along, David. Uh, <laughs> Humble brag. He has an yeah. accountant. Uh, oh yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I mean, most of them probably would do. Um, Is he in the Cayman Islands? <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any other business? Uh, I guess I, ju- I guess a quick nod to our upcoming games of Derby and Barnsley away. I think over the course of 46 games, we're expecting Derby and Barnsley to contend for the top six. This is where if we were for the top six, if we had a video, it will say 45 minutes later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it got fucking hell. We we don't do well against teams that finish in the top six away from home oh my god we, we have got it we have got it's it sticking i've already gauntlet. said it and then just a weird thing maybe someone who's more intelligent than me with this type of thing can answer this we obviously postponed the barnsley game for international call-ups and in the article that pompey put out it it was said that we exercised the right to do that and then surely both teams have to agree a an amended date for the amended game why did we pick three days after Derby? It's a tough enough week as it is where we've got Derby away and then Lincoln at home. Lincoln have started well. They can stay up there rather than travel back. Like, I, I, I guess I guess that I understand the logistics of staying up in that part of the country, but again, we don't do well in this sort of game historically. And now we've and now we've got two of them in, in seventy two hours. It it just feels odd. And again, I I know it's gonna be slightly warmer than when we did it in February when it was minus fuck <laughs> very very cold at Barnsley at that time here let me tell you so I understand the logistics of oh, we, we can get it all done in one team stay up there but we historically suck in big games away from home we've now got two and 72 hours all I'll say is good luck to the Pompey lads if you are that confident that you can do that double header in 72 hours and get something out of one if not possibly both games fair fucking play to you and I imagine you'll change quite a few opinions of Again, people losing the head going 1-0 down after 20 minutes. If you can pull something off in that 72-hour period, fair fucking play. But you've got some you've got some historical statistics to overcome because we suck in this type of game. We've now got two in three days. It just feels like an odd scheduling to me. But I'll be there at both and I put on X. We are going unbeaten in September. Oh, can you stop calling it X? It's Twitter, we are mate. We are going unbeaten in September. I, I said this... <laughs> I'm I'm there all the way, but fuck me, do we have to go through the gauntlet to do it? I just, that just feels like a very tough three days. Oh, I'll take four points. Yeah. Woof. Should we um should we wrap up there, lads? Yeah, yeah. pleasure as always, Jeff. Mate, good good to have the gang cheers. back. Yeah, uh, cheers to all the lads joining us thank in the everyone, pub as well. Yeah, yeah thank you. To seven the people. Seven people. That's a record, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like an Ackrings and away following. There's only. F- <laughs> There's only four left because they got bored off. Respect, no. but thank I you very them. much. Uh, I'd actually say now to our new producer David, who has been pressing the buttons for us, and uh, cheers Ryan as well, well mate. David, thank well you for done. Stepping in I, David. Feel, I feel I'm <laughs> feeling really Liam, old. Don't do that. <laughs> Go on, mate. Uh, feeling really old because obviously I used to coach David when he was nine years old. At he's only ten now, so now he's, about. now he's now he's nineteen, <laughs> drinking a beer in the pub. Men's, yeah, hilarious. That's the last <laughs> time. That's the first, the last time, David. <laughs> will be joining us on three lads in the pub uh, but thank you Pompey I'm not fans. telling either of you where my birthday is by the way because you, you did the post on the group about oh Jeff's 60th today 
do you know what, Jeff? A lot of people bloody believed it as well. I know. I, I, you know, I'll be having words, Jeff. Wasn't that me who put that tweet yeah. out? Well, it wasn't me. So it was one of us. I know you put out that was 45 and people believed you. Um, but yeah, lads, great to be back. Uh, and Ryan, keep up the good, good work, man. I'm going to say it to you every week because you're going to keep going and smashing it, mate. Four stone down. I think that's an honourable mention for double the week again. Uh, but yeah, keep up, mate. And thank you, Pommy fans, for listening to Three Lads in the Pub. See you later. Oh, yeah. Over to you, George. Because I got to have faith. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.